Psalm chapter 74, verse 1, and instruction of Asaph. This is a song that will teach us something, and it's written by Asaph, one of the chief musicians in the temple. Why, O God, hast thou cast off forever? Thine anger smoketh against the flock of thy pasture. This is talking about one of the times when the Lord was angry with the Israelites and sent plague or destruction to them, and they are his flock, just as the Christians are the flock of Jesus Christ. Sheep are supposed to obey the shepherd, and they have an inclination to. That's why the Bible calls the Lord's followers sheep, and it calls those who don't follow the Lord goats, because goats are more independent and they don't really want a master. 2. Remember thy company. Thou didst purchase of old. Thou didst redeem the rod of thy inheritance. This Mount Zion, thou didst dwell in it. He says, Lord, remember that you abode here with us, here in Zion, which is in Jerusalem. He is appealing to the Lord's promise and plan that Jerusalem would always be his city. 3. Lift up thy steps to the perpetual desolations, everything the enemy did wickedly in the sanctuary. This is a song lamenting when the temple was destroyed, and that would have been when Babylon first destroyed the temple, and they looted it and took things out of it. They took a lot of the gold and precious things out of it, and used it probably for pagan purposes. 4. Roared have thine adversaries in the midst of thy meeting places. They have set their ensigns as ensigns. An ensign is the flag that goes before an army to symbolize what nation the army is from. So the Babylonians would have put their own flag in the temple. And they roared against the Israelites, meaning that they were like lions conquering Jerusalem. And this was allowed because King Zedekiah refused to obey the Lord and humble himself, so he lost his kingdom to the Babylonians. 5. He is known as one bringing in on high against a thicket of wood axes. 6. And now its carvings together with axe and hatchet they break down. 7. They have sent into fire thy sanctuary to the earth they polluted the tabernacle of thy name. The Babylonians evidently did burn the temple because they hacked it up with axes and they burned that precious cedar wood that was used in the temple and they stripped it of the gold. 8. They said in their hearts, Let us oppress them together. They did burn all the meeting places of God in the land. It's possible that this song is also singing about when Antiochus Epiphanes destroyed the temple because it was also burnt at that time. But this is written by Asaph, and he was not alive when this happened. So if he did write the song, then he prophesied that it was going to happen in the future. 9. Our ensigns we have not seen. There is no more a prophet, nor with us is one knowing how long. The prophets either had to run and hide, or some of them may have been killed, so there was no one to prophesy in the land. And it says that the ensigns of the Israelites are missing. 
10. Till when, O God, doth an adversary reproach, doth an enemy despise thy name forever? He's asking the Lord, when are you going to make things right again? When are you going to restore the temple? Is it going to be torn down forever? 11. Why dost thou turn back thy hand, even thy right hand, from the midst of thy bosom, remove it? When a man has his hand in his garment, he's not using it to battle. The singer is saying, Lord, you have your right hand hidden in your garment. Please pull it out and fight for us. And the right hand of the Lord is his son, Jesus Christ. 12. And God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. 13. Thou hast broken by thy strength a sea monster. Thou hast shivered heads of dragons by the waters. In Revelation, it talks about a sea monster coming out of the ocean, which symbolizes the demonic forces and the Antichrist forces that will take over the world and all the nations in end times. And here it's prophesying that the Lord has shivered the heads of a sea monster. So this song is extremely prophetic because in verse 13 it's talking about the end times. 14. Thou hast broken the heads of Leviathan, thou makest him food for the people of the dry places. Leviathan is the dragon, and that represents Satan. But it says, you are the one who kills the dragon, and you make him as food for people to eat. 15. Thou hast cleaved a fountain and a stream, thou hast dried up perennial flowings. He says, you also can make the rivers and the fountains dry. You have the power to kill a dragon and to make the water stop flowing. He is glorifying the name of the Lord. 16. Thine is the day, also thine is the night. Thou hast prepared a light giver, the sun. He says, the Lord owns the day and the night, and he's also created the sun to give light in the day. 17. Thou hast set up all the borders of earth, summer and winter, thou hast formed them. He created the seasons and all the ends of the earth. Some people say that because it says borders, it means that the earth is flat and we can fall off of the edge, but this is metaphorical language, and the border of the earth would be the edge of any land formation that we aren't going to be able to walk beyond. 18. Remember this, an enemy reproacheth Jehovah, and a foolish people have despised thy name. He tells the Lord, Remember, the people who ransacked the temple and destroyed it, they hate you. This is a great argument, asking the Lord for help. It's saying, We need help against your enemies. 19. Give not up to a company the soul of thy turtle dove, the company of thy poor ones, forget not forever. This isn't the first time that Israel is equated with a dove because Israel is supposed to have peace with God because they are supposed to be God's people. And in one of the previous songs, King David said that he himself had dove's eyes and that was his way of saying that he was an Israelite and a child of God. And here it talks about turtle doves representing Israel. 20. Look attentively to the covenant, for the dark places of earth have been full of habitations of violence. And it reminds the Lord, remember your covenant with us, because there is so much wickedness on this earth. 
21. Let not the oppressed turn back ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Don't let us be ashamed of trusting in you. If one person said this to another, it would sound like a very manipulative statement. But when we say it to God, it's not manipulative for two reasons. One, he can't be manipulated. And two, a lot of times the Israelites say questions or make statements to prove what they already believe. So if they say, are you going to eat that cake? What they really mean is, I know you're going to eat that cake. And that's how the Israelites speak. It's also how God speaks in the Bible a lot. He uses rhetorical language to make a point. So here it's saying, don't make us ashamed, which really means we will not be ashamed of you because we know you're going to answer our prayer. 22. Arise, O God, plead thy plea. Remember thy reproach from a fool all the day. The people who have ransacked the temple, they are fools because they don't love God and he is using them to discipline the Israelites, but they themselves are fools, and it's saying, remember and deal with them. 23. Forget not the voice of thine adversaries. The noise of thy withstanders is going up continually. Asaph says, hear what they're saying about you. They're slandering you, they're blaspheming, they're mocking you. Remember what they say. And the implication is that the Lord should punish all those who mock and blaspheme him. And that would be the Babylonians. Or if this is prophesying a future time, you know, this could be prophesying not only when Antiochus Epiphanes destroyed the temple, but also in the end times when the Antichrist makes the third temple desolate. In the Bible, prophecy is never just for one thing. It's always for the near future and the end times, nearly every time you read a prophecy in the Bible. And that concludes Psalm chapter 74.